All right, if all those who are in kindergarten through fifth grade, if you all make your way up here uh, for your class, and those who are three, four, and five-year-olds, you can make your way to the, to the back. Okay, okay, good. And Brady, if you'd make your way up here, I'd appreciate it. <laughs> um, of course, we had our family with us and celebrating Christmas, so... Uh, had the opportunity just to, to, if the boys are ever here, which is not very often, right? When was the last time you came? When was the last time you've been in church? <laughs> supposed to say last week. <laughs> but anyway, uh, you, you know that they're planting the church in, uh, uh, in Wichita. And so I asked Brady if he would take just a few moments and kind of give us an update on district church. So there you go. Hello. I am Brady Roberts, the middle child, better looking, stronger, smarter, smarter than Travis by far. Got to poke, got to poke at the big brother since he's not here. Um, it is good to be back at First Christian Church. I grew up in, in this church, and uh, there's a lot of new faces in here that I don't recognize, and some of your faces I haven't seen since I was looking up at you. So that's like kind of weird, you know, but um, yeah, I love this church. This is where I learned about church. This is where I learned a lot about faith. And so, yeah, it's just awesome to be back with you guys this morning. But yeah, like my, like my dad said, um, my brother and I started a church in Wichita. If you're very familiar with the city of Wichita, there's a district called Delano, which is just west of downtown. And it's a, it's a very unique part of town, and we planted the district church right there in the heart of Delano. And we started the church in, in, uh, in October of 2017 with weekly services. And it is really amazing to see where we have come or how far we've come in, in a matter of three years. Uh, just so you know, it is uh, church plants, new churches, they don't have a very good like success rate and survival rate. Um, and so we feel very fortunate, we feel blessed by God to be able to look back over the last three years and see what God has done through us and how, how much he's blessed us to be able to start a, a, a church that exists three years in. Um, but, uh, yeah, just reflecting on where we've been, we started out in a, a coffee shop called Milk, Milk Float uh, in Delano, and we built up a, a launch team, a group of people who were going to help us start the church, and then we went from the coffee shop to an elementary school called Franklin Elementary School, and there is where we kind of started having a heart for our neighborhood big time. Uh, so when we started our church, God gave us a vision to be a neighborhood church, and, uh, and that really started, you know, with, with Travis keeping his ear to the ground about what God wanted the district church to look like. And as we met in that building, Franklin Elementary School, we started to have a feeling and, and a heart and a passion for the kids that went there and for the families that we saw coming in and out of that, that building every week. And so that's kind of always been a big vision for us. And so for the past three years, we've gotten involved with uh, Delano United, which is kind of a business association that works in Delano. We've gotten involved with the Neighborhood Association, and we've gotten heavily involved with the schools, and it's just made our heart for the neighborhood grow that much more. And so now we're in this building, and, uh, and we feel really, really grateful to be where we are. The year 2020 has, uh, has been a challenge for us, just like it has been for every church. I mean, there are times where we'll wake up and we'll walk in the church and there won't be as many people there and it's so discouraging. And so some of the same challenges that you've been experiencing, we've been going through as well. 
um, but we are, uh, we're in a, a good place right now. God has blessed us and, and has helped us to survive this far. Man, when we were locked down, I had a really interesting conversation that I wanted to share with you. Uh, a church planner just so happened to come and visit our church service. And I was kind of like feeling discouraged for this guy because he's in the middle of the year 2020. He's getting ready to plant a new church. And if, you, if any of you know anything about entrepreneurship or starting new things that requires lots of money and, and big attendance, it's just, it's, it's kind of a challenging thought. And so I told him that. I was like, man, I can't imagine starting a church in the middle of the year 2020. And, and I was like, I feel for you, man. That's going to that's be hard. And he was like, but this is the year that we need to start churches. And I was like, man, kind of a gut check, a Jesus juke for me, because I was like, not thinking with great perspective. But then, but then it hit me that this is why God, in his infinite wisdom and his compassion, created church. The year 2020, years like this, our world is so divided and broken apart and, and needs church now more than ever. A group of people who come together under the name of Jesus and who plant the gospel in their neighborhood. Um, that's, what we, uh, that's what we try to do with the district church. And, you know, as much as it is fun to reflect on the last three years, we are so excited as we look ahead at the next three years. You know, it's always been a part of our vision to launch another church in the, within five years of starting this church. And so far, even with the, the rough year, we're still on track to do that. And so I thank you so much for, for your support as First Christian Church, as families that we grew up around, Travis and I, and uh, for being prayer partners, giving. Uh, you guys have supported us immensely. And to be honest with you, I don't think we would be a church without First Christian Church. So thank you very much. Um, I hope that that was kind of the update that my dad was looking for. I love you guys. I'll see you later. You could, you could catch him afterwards. He'll be in the back there. Uh, any, any more updates? Um, I, I wanted to share one other thing. I think we have a picture of this is, uh, I, I think it's Salih? Selah. Okay, Selah Noel. Uh, Crosby, I, I asked you and I had it and then, yeah, anyway, you all know me, so I butcher names. Uh, Sayla, Sayla Noel Crosby, she was born uh, Christmas Day in the after, like, like uh, early afternoon and she is 7 pounds, 5 ounces, 20 inches long. If you want to know the Crosby family, if you were here last Sunday, uh, Tom baptized Noah and that's dad and so on, on Christmas Day, uh, Randy had their sixth child. So I, I always think about uh, Gaffigan who had five kids and he said no one ever claps after that, you know. <laughs> but, but we are, yeah, yeah, six children. Woo! Yeah, and congratulations to the Crosby family. We're so, uh, uh, so pleased that, that there was no difficulties and that mom and, and baby are both doing fine. So that's good news. And and he's got a good-looking family, so, so well, God blessed. Anyway, all right, now we can preach. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, this is the week that people begin to think of resolutions, right? I'm 2021. 20, I don't Anybody still do that? I, I'm say, maybe They say as you get older, you get wiser. I stopped doing resolutions a long time ago. <laughs> I guess because of a believer, your life is filled with resolutions, with change, with, with you know, continued pursuit of God. But, but resolutions is one thing where people begin to think about you know, this next year, where can I improve, and, and, and things like that. Really, 
if you think about it, it's one of those indications of where your heart is, a resolution. You know, well, okay, it's, it's about my health, or it's about my family, uh, or, or it's about me. <laughs> you know, it could be any of those things. Uh, there's other indicators of, of where our, our height, hearts might be. Uh, look at your calendar sometime. If, if you're a calendar person and just put everything down, you can look at your calendar and consider, okay, what is important to me? You know, what, what's important to me? Yeah, it could be another indication. Oh, hey, family's important to me. Look, vacation time with so-and-so and, and details. Uh, maybe in your business, if you're thinking about business and, you know, what, what's going to happen this year uh, in my business? Am I advancing or, or something like that? So that might be on your calendar. Or even, uh, you know, I, I think about this as well. If you go and, if, can I rummage through your closet? Anybody? Uh, but, but if you think about your closet, the things you store, the things you keep back, also says something about you. Maybe even how you look at the future. You know, what are the things you're keeping? My dad was, was a, I don't want to call him a hoarder. Okay, but that's what he was. <laughs> Uh, we had a garage that, that I had to clean often and, and in Wichita, and this garage was, was slanted. And I, I, I don't know whether it was my dad's fault, but he loaded that garage down so much with, with all kinds of wood and, and different kinds of parts, electrical parts, plumbing parts, just I, because he always had these ideas for the future of building uh, different things and, and making uh, he was very creative, and so he kept a lot of stuff. And it, it really revealed Dad and, and, and what his thoughts were for the future. Uh, you know, when it comes to finances, of course, you could identify, you know, where your checkbook or your bank statement or, or even where you're putting your, you know, your, your savings for retirement, things like All that, I, I believe someone could come in and investigate, look at, and then come to some conclusions about you where your heart is. Don't you think? Uh, uh, it, James. James chapter 4 is where we're turning today. This is a single sermon. We're not in a series. But James chapter 4, verses 13 through 27 is where we're going to be looking today. James, that book right after Hebrews. Um, if you want to bring that up on your devices, bring that up. And, and sorry, I, we have no outlines today. Gave Trish a break on that. And, and we're not worried. So sorry if you're watching on our computer or on your computer, they're, they're, they won't, they're not missing the, the outline. So you'll have to today listen real close. You, you could write out the outline yourself, okay? Uh, but anyway, uh, James chapter 4, 13 through 27. Here's, here's the significance. James is talking about how people are looking to the future. He, he is identifying people who are planning ahead and, and, and where their minds are. Now, just to say something about James, James reminds me a lot of Corinthians, especially this fourth chapter. When you look at the first verse where it says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? If you were going through Corinthians, that sounds real familiar, right? Early part of Corinthians, that's the same, same sentence, same question that Paul, uh, that Paul addressed to the Corinthians. Uh, James seems to be addressing some immaturity amongst uh, uh, the people he's uh, writing to as well. Here, let's, let's read what James says, 13 through 27. Uh, now listen. Now, excuse me. I, I said 27. It's 17. Yeah, you guys will be searching for that 27. It's just not there. Uh, 13. <laughs> 
Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, it is the Lord's will. We will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. God should be found in our future planning. (laughs) Isn't that true? God should be found in in all of our future plans. As as believers who acknowledge God uh, as our Lord and Savior, God ought to be a part of any of our planning. And here's why. Here's why. First point I want to make this morning is that there, there is arrogance in saying, I've got it all planned out. Uh, Paul, I mean, James comes along as well and says, man, it's arrogant thinking to do your planning and leave God out of it. It's just arrogant planning to leave God out. Now, planning ahead is, is a wise thing to do. We all plan. If you fail to plan, you, you fail to, to produce or, or, or make anything happen. Uh, James is actually speaking to people who are involved in businesses. And, and I know we got some business owners and people who are very, uh, very important in that business. And, and so for a business to be successful, you have to continue to, to evolve according to what's happening within the community, the people that you're serving you, you have to continue to plan, continue to think it through. How do I reach more people? You know, a business, there's constantly planning going on. It just makes sense. And even in our own lives, planning goes on. Uh, you know, preparation for vacations or, or for, uh, you know, renovations or, or anything like that. In Luke chapter 14, 28 through 30, Jesus speaking about calling people to discipleship. He brings up two uh, uh, two, two illustrations of people who, who plan, or are planning ahead. One, he says, is a builder. You know, the, the builder is one who, before he begins the project, he, he, he counts the cost. He figures out, do I have the materials? Do I have the, the people to, to complete that project? So before, before he begins the project, he counts the cost. He plans ahead. He also, uh, another illustration was a king. A, a, a king, before he goes to war with anyway, he he plans ahead. He thinks about okay, this is the strength of my army. This this uh, this is what we have as resources. These are the soldiers, and then with the kingdom he's going against, he also assesses okay, they're twice the, the number of uh, soldiers than I have, and and more resources. So guess what he does. In his planning, he's, he decides to negotiate, to let's sit down and talk this out, because we're, we're not going to be able to defeat that kingdom. And so, so even Jesus in this parable is saying, hey, we plan ahead. It's a good thing. We all know that. But in our future planning, should we consider every essential truth, every detail that 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 is part of maybe the business we're looking at or, or, or even part of our lives. Shouldn't we consider every part? Uh, well, come on. If you're thinking of a, 
you know, starting a business, there's some details, you, you know, like who, who would be interested in the product and how should we market it? And, and if we did, you know, what kind of response should we expect? So there's advanced planning you could do and preparation. What if you leave out any part of that? It, it could ruin everything. How important is, is God? You know, thinking about God in our moving forward. Well, God is, is essential, I believe. And, and we should believe that God is absolutely important to all our plans. That, the, you know, for someone who plans and, and does it apart from God, uh, again, James comes along and says, hey, you are arrogant. You are arrogant and, and you're boastful. And all boasting is evil, James lays it out. So anytime that I'm, I'm, we're just making our plans, making our plans and moving forward, well, this is what we're planning on doing this year. we got a five-year plan, and, and this is what's going to happen. we got a ten-year plan, and, and by the end of the ten years, this is where we want to be, and God's not a part of it, you're foolish. That's a bold statement. <laughs> but but uh, and, and, and I want to share why, because there's an arrogant figure that Jesus talks about in, in a parable. Luke chapter 12, 16 through 21 Matter of fact, I'll, I'll turn there if you want to turn there. It's, it's Luke chapter 16, uh, Luke chapter 12, 16 through 21. It's about the farmer who, who has just a great crop in this, this year, uh, this, this year he's speaking about. And, and therefore he decides, well, I've got, I've got so much, uh, so much produced from this, I'm going to tear down my barn. He had a decision to make. What am I going to do about the future? I'm going to tear down my barns. I'm going to build bigger ones. I'm going to build bigger ones, and, and I'm going to be able to store all the produce of this, this harvest. And, and then he said, uh, uh, well, here, this is, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I will store my surplus grain. And I will say to myself, that's the part I want to get to, and I will say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. Good planning. <laughs> Right in the midst of that, he is, he is making his plans. Man, I have access. Here's what I'll do. I'll store it up for the future. And then many of you know how Jesus ends this. He said, but God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? Here's an individual that didn't consider God at all in his planning of tearing down the barns and building bigger ones. And and verse 21, here's Jesus' teaching statement at the end. He says, this is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves. Where, Where the planning is just all about me, my future, my eating, my drinking, my being merry. <laughs> this is what's going to happen. But is not rich towards God. In, in our arrogance, there is this ignoring of God being involved or having any part to do with our direction or our purpose or our lives. Now, therefore, in your planning, don't act in arrogance. Don't act in arrogance. You know, God needs to be part of it. Uh, and, and matter of fact, wisdom is found in knowing God owns my days. N- wisdom is found in the fact that God is sovereign. He is sovereign. Everything belongs to God. God didn't create it and just 
handed over to humanity. It's yours now. You do with what God's been very connected. It's always been his creation. Uh, matter of fact, we belong to him. And every day that we're given, we, we, we see as a gift. I say that often. Every day is a gift from God. It's not like, matter of fact, we could be thankful. Hey, we've almost been given another year. We've got a few days yet. Don't get carried away. We've got a few days yet. Uh, 2020, we're going to make it through. Maybe. Okay, Lord willing, <laughs> as, as James would lay it out. But, but here, here's, what, what are we missing? What is it that James is, is going to tell us? Some great revelation of how we ought to live life. It's this. Be humble. Isn't that what Paul said to the Corinthians? Isn't that what Jesus calls his disciples to do? That humility, not an attitude of, of, of pride, not an attitude of arrogance, but it's found in, in that humility. Again, in chapter 4 of James, just, just to look at that chapter, again, what causes, you know what causes fights and quarrels? It's, it's selfishness. It's the quarreling. He goes on into this passage and verses that follow. You know, hey, you quarrel and fight because you do not have. And, and also, you, you go before the Lord and you pray and you don't receive. Why? Is it because you pray for things selfishly? Uh, see, the problem that we often have, even in thinking about our days ahead, is we're pretty self-centered. We could be very self-centered. And James had to write and say, listen, that's not how you do it. Matter of fact, previous, I think this is an important few verses prior to what we've just read. And I think it's absolutely connected. Here's what James says after, man, you're selfish, selfish you're, you're, you're praying is even selfish. Here's, here's his instruction, beginning verse 7 of that chapter 4. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. I think that's an important term in this. He goes on and says, Grieve, mourn, and well. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Every activity it lays in there is about humbling yourself, submitting yourself to God. Resist the devil. What, what, what's the devil making the appeals to? Man, it is about to yourself. Satisfy yourself. Seek your own pleasure. And so resist the devil in those things. And, and don't be double-minded. Again, that's an important term because I think, I think one thing we, we want to, yes, we want to praise God. We want to embrace him. We want to love him. We want to serve him. And oh man, the world, gimme, gimme, gimme. <laughs> I, I think that's the people that, that James is writing to. They, they, have, they have two directions that their mind is, minds are going in. Man, I, I, I want the world, gimme whatever pleasure and, and, and things that will satisfy, gimme, gimme, gimme. Oh, but God, I want you too. But there's, there's no satisfying the double-minded. There's no... A uh, place where, where God is going to reward the double-minded. Yeah, I think it's all God. Submit to God. Submit to God and, and make him your pursuit. Remember the end. I, I think that's it. May, may your pursuit, may your love be that, that desire to be rich in God. As Jesus said at the end of that parable. James is teaching us 
that are in our plans, God must be considered. And he says it like this. He puts in a phrase. Just with, with your plans, put in this phrase, if it is the Lord's will. Now, is, is James just saying, hey, just add this phrase every time you talk about the future? I, I don't think so. I, I think what James is saying, make God part of your planning for the future. Make, make him a significant or, or, or consider God whenever you're doing your planning for the future. Consider God. He needs to be a part of your plans. And, and so always when we're making, laying out our plans, we can say, if it's the Lord's will, we, we plan to do this, this, and this. But it's not, hey, I'm going to just plan whatever direction I'm going to go in, then ask God to, you know, well, if it's the Lord's will, we'll do it. If we, we add that uh, it, it, uh, and, and we're serious about that phrase, then we need to consider what God uh, what God's direction is. Therefore, plan for tomorrow. Plan for tomorrow. Again, planning is, is something that we need to be a part of, something we need to be doing. Uh, planning is a church. Can I go there? Planning is a church. Well, what do you do when you plan as a church? All you do every Sunday is just come together. You hear the guy preach, and you sing some songs, you go home. What do you plan? You, oh, we'll, we'll plan to be here next Sunday. There you go. There's the planning. Well, as Brady shared, you know, when they first started this, the idea was to, to plan a church and in so many years then, then plan another church in another area where they could reach more people. There's some planning involved in that. There ought to be planning involved here, right? Should, should we be a little, uh, I don't know, strategic we got some military guys who knows what strategy is, and some people who own their business, you know what strategy is. So we be a little strategic, and through prayer and some searching of scriptures, maybe maybe these th- these things are important: reach, teach, connect, and 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 perhaps we we could put some ideas down. And and uh, uh, how is it, Lord, that we could get outside these walls and win the the people around us? Eric's probably thinking, don't go too far, Ronnie, because next week, isn't that right? Uh, next, next Sunday, matter of fact, this next month, because next week I get the opportunity to introduce to you the ideas that the elders and, and Eric, Matthew, and I have had an opportunity, it's taken some years, to put together a plan, a strategical uh, Strategic thinking towards what we as a congregation could begin to accomplish outside the walls. To be able to do something all on the same page. And I'll be sharing that next, this, this next Sunday. So pray us up. It is, it is planning that goes along with the wisdom of God's word and through prayer. Because guess what? God needs to be involved in our planning. God needs to be involved in our planning. And it needs to align with his plans, his will, his, his word. Now, planning for the future is definitely wise and necessary, and you need that in your own life. So here's the encouragement for, for today. Uh, make your plans. Make your plans. Uh, what direction? Uh, and, and just to be honest, you know, thinking I'm here 60 years old, I don't know, I don't know when retirement, I'm not making an announcement today. I feel like I could go for quite a while, but I know there'll be a day when I won't be as effective here. And I think that's the day that I need to step away. When I, I begin to lose my effectiveness, that I need to step away. 
Who knows, it could be 61. That's like a few more weeks. So anyway, <laughs> but here, here it is. Here it is. You know, so, so what are we thinking? Well, what's our nest egg look like? <laughs> they, actually, it's, it's what, what is ministry going to look like? I'm, I'm really looking forward to just working with the church, you know, and, and, and maybe discipleship or who knows. When my dad retired, I remember he just wanted to teach people to pray. That, that was my dad's goal when he re, after he retired from his job. He wasn't a preacher. He was, worked as a locksmith in the school system. But when my dad prayed, he talked about he just wanted to disciple some guys so they would be just so involved in prayer, just learning to love to talk to God. And, and so that was, that was something my dad pursued. I love that. It wasn't about what my IRA looks like or anything. You know, we might live in a trailer down by the river or something like that, but uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. With the way finances are right now, can you, can you be confident about tomorrow? I mean, we're passing paychecks out right and left. Something's going to give. I mean, that's just logic. Our nation, I, I don't know what's going to happen to our economy after, after the virus and things have, have gone. So, so even in that, can we trust anything we've stowed away? Or, or yeah, who, knows, who knows my tomorrow? Thank you. <laughs> right? My attitude is actually, man, I'm living for God today. And he's got my tomorrows. And, and I think that's what James is telling us. Hey, and it ought to be reflecting in everything. If someone's doing some, some looking at your life, what does your closet look like? You know, what stuff are you storing away and why? What is your, uh, you know, what, is, what does that calendar look like for this next year? What are the things that's most important that you're setting the date for and why? And your checkbook. You know, you look at that and what, what, what are the expenses going out? Where, where are things focused? What does it say? Is it saying like at the end of that parable, you know, someone who is investing so much in themselves and yet they're not rich towards God. Or, or are we taking every opportunity in this life to invest in him? To have, invest in his kingdom. To invest in, in everything he's done, in the gospel, to spread it. That, hey, guess where my riches are stored? Guess where, guess where I am counting on for my future? It has nothing to do with the riches of this world, but it has everything to do with the riches that he has so graciously already given me through his grace and mercy. Forgiveness. That's the joy we have now. That's the riches we have now. Oh, think about, think about my future. Think about your future. And where's your focus? Where's your focus? Where's your attention? Let's pray. Father in heaven, we praise you. We thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for James. And, and again, challenging those who need just, Lord, to continue to grow. And, and, and we'll be honest, Lord, that's all of us here. That's all of us here, Lord. We, we want to continue to pursue, continue to learn to love, and uh, uh, be dedicated to the gospel you've given us. We want to have a love for the community around us so that we will be very passionate about taking this gospel into, our, into the neighborhoods, into, into uh, the homes of those who do not believe and maybe even haven't heard. So we ask, Lord, that, that we begin to think about riches in the way that, that uh, uh, is going to be honoring of you, riches that, that's going to be 
well supplied, and, and Lord, we'll just trust you for all that. But Father, we praise you and thank you this day, especially for Jesus. The fact that, that he came into this world, came into poverty in the worst of circumstances, and you, you, Lord, lifted him up. Father, that's our story as well. For us to humble ourselves, to live our lives in pursuit of you, and then just allow you to do the lifting up. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.